Good morning, church. Our reading today comes from John chapter 10, verses 1 to 10. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Thanks, Michelle. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to the mums. Um, quick high five to my mum in Melbourne. Happy Mother's Day, mum. Sorry I'm not there. Uh, maybe you're like me. Maybe you're a bit away from your mum. Uh, uh, but maybe your mum's right here. I can see some people coming and joining mum for church today. So that's really cool. Glad you're here. Uh, my name is Langdon, for those that don't know me. And uh, we are going to have a look at this passage this morning. It's not a simple passage. Uh, it might be a familiar one to many, but I don't think it's that simple. It hasn't been simple for me um, in preparation. So we're going to pray and ask that God is going to open up his word. So would you pray with me as we do that? Heavenly Father, Father, I pray for your Holy Spirit. I pray it in me, but I pray it in us. Uh, if we're here in the room or watching online, Father, would you open up your word? Would you help us to know what it means? Would you make it come alive in our hearts? May we hear your voice this morning. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, last night, uh, after pre- finishing preparation for today, I started watching the Matrix Resurrections movie. Has anyone ever seen this movie? It's a movie. It's the Matrix. Anyway, it's like they did a trilogy years ago, and then they've made a fourth one. And when I was watching it, I was like, gee, if you hadn't seen the first three, this movie wouldn't make as much sense. You can still watch it, but you don't get the fullness of it unless you watched the first three and you'd get the dynamics, you'd get the nuance, you'd get the flashbacks and all this thing. And uh, thinking about today's passage, I think it's a similar thing. Uh, I want to share with you some of the background of what's happening behind this passage because there's stuff you don't see straight away, but it actually helps inform what is happening uh, in this passage. Um, First thing to understand, Jesus talking about uh, shepherds and gates. He's talking about shepherding. Now, chances are he even shared this uh, at a place called the Sheep Gate, which where I'm told until recently you could actually still go and buy sheep. Uh, it, was a, it was a gate of the old city of Jerusalem. 
Um, and the people he talked to, they understood shepherding. Now, shepherding and farming, I'm no farmer, would it surprise? Though I wear a flanny, I'm actually not a farmer. Shocking as that may be. Um, and shepherding in the Middle East in the Judean desert was quite different um, to Aussie farms today because we have uh, helicopters and sheepdogs and we sort of push and pull uh, the sheep along. Back in that time, that, in those ways, shepherding was a tough, dangerous job. You are out in the elements, you're in the bitter cold or the, the sweating sun. You are all day long constantly watching your sheep, constantly keeping an eye for them. Maybe mums with toddlers can relate to this. There's no rest. You're just 100% on the go all day. But you're fighting off predators. You're looking for safe pastures. You're looking uh, for food. Uh, this is a dangerous job. David uh, King David was a shepherd and he shares, uh, he talks about, I had to fight off lions and bears. Everything is coming against your sheep, but your job as the shepherd is to protect the sheep. It's not, a, it's not an easy job. It's a tough, tough job. And at the end of the night, what they would do is they would bring their sheep into a pen or some sort of enclosure. Now, it might be against a cliff, or it might be against a canyon, or something like that. And they would bring their sheep into an enclosure. Uh, it may be even with other people's sheep. And what would happen is, there might be a little entrance. And if there's no uh, gate or anything there, even the shepherd might be the one to lie within the gate as the protection for the sheep like a guard or a sentry. And then the next day, uh, as the morning comes, he would call them out. Now, he might use a flute or something like that, but he would, uh, the shepherd would call out the sheep and they would recognize the shepherd's voice. So even if there were multiple flocks, they would know their shepherd and they would go out and follow their shepherd. This is the understanding of the original audience of when Jesus shares this story. The other part, another thing that the audience would have understand, their pre-knowledge, would have been Jesus was telling this around the time of Hanukkah. Uh, you may not know, or you may know something about Hanukkah. Hanukkah, uh, we know uh, that they're celebrating this because it's also known as the Feast of Dedication. And this uh, was a celebration uh, of a story that you can read about in the book of Maccabees. Uh, it's not Bible canon, but it's definitely worth helpful uh, to know uh, for understanding uh, even these scriptures. Um, but in that book is the recounting of uh, the uh, Greek king who comes and desecrates the temple of Jerusalem. And uh, the Jews are forced into uh, oppression by their... And a rebellion, the Maccabean rebellion, rises up and they take back Jerusalem. When they rededicate the temple, they celebrate this festival of Hanukkah. One of the things they do in the liturgy, every year since that time they celebrate, and in the liturgy, in the, the, the service of that celebration, they read words from the prophet Ezekiel. And Ezekiel says these things about shepherds. Uh, here is just the first couple of verses from Ezekiel 34. Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? 
You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with wool, and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You've not strengthened the weak, or healed the sick, or bound up the injured. You've not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You've ruled them harshly and brutally. At this time of year, and the people that Jesus is sharing with would have been familiar with this passage because they hear it every year. And they're familiar with sermons at this time of year where the Pharisees would share about who the good shepherds are, who was a good leader of Israel, who's not. Uh, They'd be familiar with this passage, just thinking, this understanding of the biblical uh, shepherds being the leaders of God's people. So they're hearing these sermons at the time. But also, when you read uh, before this in chapter 9, Jesus has just healed a man born blind. This man has been blind all his life. He comes across Jesus, and in this amazing way, Jesus spits on the dirt, gets, makes the mud uh, out of that, rubs it in this man's eyes, and says to him, go wash yourself at the pool of Siloam, and when you do, you'll be healed. And this is what happens to this man. This is just, just preceding uh, this story of Jesus. And the Pharisees hear about this, and they get really upset. They investigate it, and uh, they say to this man, Are you a Jesus disciple? Who is this Jesus? How can, you, how can you think that God did this through Jesus? They say to him in uh, John nine twenty nine, uh, We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses. We don't know who this guy is. We don't know who this Jesus is. Uh, as this man was healed, the Pharisees, the shepherds of God's people, did not recognize who Jesus was. They didn't have a clue. They did not recognize him, even as Jesus healed this guy. So this is all in the background. I want you to imagine, you know, this is in the background of the people Jesus is sharing with. This is all the dynamics going on. And now listen again to Jesus' words, the first five verses. Imagine that you are one of those people listening to Christ, Jesus. You don't really know who Jesus is, but you know all these things in the background. This is what he says. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus is speaking about the sheep being God's people. And there's a contrast here of who wants to lead the sheep? Who's going to lead the sheep? When we're thinking about, as we're thinking about Jesus saying, uh, I am the gate, the first thing we see here is that how a, sh- how a person uses the gate determines who they are. How they use the gate determines who they are. The people who want to lead the sheep, how they use the gate determines who they are. If they're not going to come through the gate, then they're not a good shepherd. 
If they're not going to come through the gate, they're not going to be a good shepherd. They're a thief or a robber. If there's a pen and if someone's not coming through the front door, they're sneaking over the back fence, they probably haven't got good motivations. Now, I would never sneak into a movie, and neither would you. But if you did want to sneak into a movie, would you go through the front door and walk past the person trying to get your stub ticket? No, you wouldn't. What you'd do is you'd go to the back entrance out to the car park, get your friend to hold the door open, you'd sneak in the back, wouldn't you? Because you want that movie for free. You don't want to pay for it. Again, I'm not saying you should do that. Um, But if you're a thief and a robber, that's what you would do. Jesus is saying, if there's someone uh, who's going to sneak in the back way, they're a thief and a robber. They're not the good shepherd. But what does the good shepherd do? The good shepherd comes through the gate. The watchman opens the door. He comes through the gate. If you come through the gate, you have the endorsement of the gatekeeper. You're a good shepherd. What is Jesus saying? He is comparing himself to the others that want to lead God's people. He's, he's really talking, he's sassy, he's talking to the Pharisees right there. And he's recognizing that God's people have different voices competing, different voices competing to lead them. But Jesus is saying, I'm here. I'm the good shepherd. And the good shepherd will lead you to relationship with God. The good shepherd's not going to lead you astray. He's not going to lead you away. He's going to lead you to God. The shepherd is the one with authority. He's the one that the, the watchman lets in. And he's going to call you out. And you will know it's him. So God's people will know the voice of the shepherd. Uh, It says there that the sheep know his voice and listen. He calls them out by name. They will run away from a stranger, but they will know the good shepherd. Now, probably the way to think about this is throughout, I don't have sheep. If I had a sheep, I would brought my sheep today. I don't have a sheep. Does anyone have a sheep for future reference? If you do, let me know because we're always looking for sheep. It's always illustrations about sheep. But I thought, how can I explain what it is that a sheep knows his voice? I thought about all the relationships of I'm aware of of people between man and beast. And the person I thought of was Carolyn Ball. If you know Carolyn, she comes to this service sometimes. Uh, she's got some kids. Carol was Carolyn Irvine. She has a great relationship with her dog, Cedric. So I thought, I, I talk, called Carolyn this week. She sent me some footage of her and Cedric.
It's a beautiful love story, isn't it? Happy Mother's Day to all the animal mothers out there as well, too. Um, thank you, Carolyn. Carolyn's married to Matt. Poor Matt. Because Matt, he feeds Cedric. He does the things. But this dog only has obedience for one, and it's Carolyn. Cedric knows her voice. He will follow her. Poor Matt. Matt's, by the way, the analogy doesn't go that far. Matt's not like a bad Pharisee or anything like that. Matt's a good guy. But Cedric knows her voice. And in the same way, Jesus is saying, my sheep know my voice. They will follow me. God's people won't follow a stranger. They will run away because they don't recognize. The sheep don't know the voice of that stranger. They will run away. They will know the voice of the shepherd. They will follow the shepherd. They will avoid listening to the stranger. Do you uh, ever get a call from a number that you don't know? Do you just not even answer it? I just won't even answer it. If I don't know the number, I'm just not going to answer it. Um, uh, It's just, I don't do it. And it's the same way, uh, those who, uh, God's people, we just won't even, just ignore uh, the stranger. We'll only know God's voice. Um, Jesus goes on and he takes that gate analogy and he changes it into the next couple of verses. He expands, he uses the gate in a different way. And he says that I am also the gate for salvation. Look at what he says. Therefore Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. I am the gate my sheep use. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, probably referring to the Pharisees, uh, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. For us to come to know God, Jesus is saying to the people, he's saying to us, I am the gate. Do you want to come to know God? It's only through me. Now, I've got a picture there of the, uh, of the Judean desert there. And you see, it doesn't look like Jerengong. It doesn't look like Jamboree or Kaima or um, beautiful plains that I would imagine would be helpful for raising sheep if I was a sheep farmer. Again, I'm not. Um, what does the shepherd have to do? The shepherd has to know how to lead the sheep. He has to know where the water is, where it's safe. He's got to know where the green pastures are. He will lead the sheep. And Jesus in the same way is saying, I'm the shepherd, I know how to lead you. I'm going to lead you. And it's reminiscent this of Psalm 23. Do you know this psalm? Uh, psalm 23 is a well-known psalm. The Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing. David writes this, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Jesus is the gate. He is the exclusive gate to come to relationship with God. And it's only through him that he will lead us into that relationship with God. It's very reminiscent of Jesus' words uh, later in John's Gospel. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the gate. If, if the people listening to Jesus at that time want to come to know God, it's only through him. It's only through Jesus. And he will lead his sheep. They will come in, they will go out, they will find that pasture. He goes on in verse 10. He says, The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. In other words, these Pharisees, these, these other leaders that you've listened to, they haven't looked after you. They've missed the mark. They've led you in a way that benefits them, not you. But I have come. I, Jesus, I have come. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. I have come to bring you to real relationship with God. That's what Jesus has done. I've come to bring you so that you can know God. I've come to lead you, not just to life now, abundant life now, I've come to lead you to life forever, eternal life in relationship with God. There's an exclusivity to this. And it's living uh, a full life in relationship with God forever. There's an exclusivity. Jesus says, I'm the gate. And so here's my encouragement today. For if you're here this morning, if you are here or you're watching online, I know that there is many of you who've been coming to church, many of you who've been interested or, or thinking, I need, I've been reading the Bible or I've been trying to, I'm interested, but you haven't come to the point of saying, I need to walk through that gate. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. Maybe you've heard Jesus' voice calling you. He wants to be your shepherd. He wants to guide you through your life. He wants to give you all your need, uh, all you need for abundance. And it's not always what we think of. When we follow Jesus, he leads us to the places where he wants to take us. And sometimes, in fact, Often that is the really difficult places. He leads us to places where we can be healed of our pains, where we can reconcile all the parts that want to run away from God. He wants to bring those things back into relationship under God. He wants to lead you, and it might be a tough road, but he also knows where the green pasture is. He also knows what you really need to fill you up. And he's going to lead you, not just through this life, but the life to come. He's the only one to do that. He's the only one that can guide you. And as Robin's going to share with us next week, he lays down his life for the sheep. And I want to encourage, if you're here and you're hearing God's voice saying, come to me, don't, you can't sit on the fence. There comes a time to enter the gate. Now, when I was uh, a younger man, when I was uh, in high school, I didn't grow up going to church or anything like that. But I remember I started... Uh, reading God's word, and it was like God was speaking to me. Every sermon, when I started coming to church, it was like the pastor had written every sermon just for me. I'm like, is there anyone else in the room? It was, it was crazy. There was a sense of God's voice is speaking to me. And if this resonates with you, you sense God's voice is calling me. I know I need to come to him. I know I need to surrender to him. Then I want to encourage you to do that. Come to him. Complete, put your trust in Him. Surrender to Him. Stop resisting Him. 
because he wants to lead you and bring you to eternal life. I want to pray just for a second. I just want to pray for you if you're in that space this morning. Uh, if you're in the room and you want to pray with me for, for anyone in that space, uh, pray with me. Father, if there are people this morning who are here or watching online who are saying, I know you're calling me, but I know I haven't surrendered to you. Father, I pray for your strengthening of them to do that. I pray they would give their hearts to you. They would hear your voice and surrender to you and that you would be their shepherd and their guide. Enable that to happen, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I've also got an encouragement uh, as I read this passage for us because I also think that Jesus is the gate by, we, by which we can recognize God's uh, the voices of authority in our lives because we have lots of voices in our lives claiming to be, take authority, don't we? Always asking us. And we have to discern, just like the sheep, just like Cedric, who are the voices that we are listening to. We're always going to have these voices. I'm not saying we shouldn't listen or block our ears, but I'm saying who are the voices that we follow? Do the voices of authority lead us to know Jesus more or less? Maybe for Jesus' original uh, audience in that story, they were the Pharisees with that loud voice saying, follow us. And God's people had to recognize, I need to follow Jesus. Do those voices lead us to Jesus or away from him? What I'm not saying is, you know, don't only listen to any voice. Don't listen to anything else except the Bible. Don't listen to any other voice. Don't listen to your boss when he says, you know, turn up on time or something like that. Do do that. But I'm talking about those voices that want authority in our lives. Are those voices in it for themselves, what they can get out of us? Or are those voices leading us specifically to Christ, to know Him? These can be voices in our inner lives, the voices that condemn us or, or tell us we can't, the, the things that we want to trust in for our salvation, they're the things that we want to trust in to get through tough times. What's the voice we listen to when we're running on empty? When we know we just need filling up? Would it pass the gate test? Do we bring those things, Jesus being the gate, bring those things to Christ? If I listen to this, is it going to help me know you more, or is it not? But there's also that spiritual discernment. What are the voices? Where, who do I listen to? What are the books I'm reading, the music I'm listening to, the podcasts I'm downloading? What's spiritual? Are they actually leading me to Jesus? Now, this could be very nuanced. It might sound wise. Things might make sense. They might sound wise. They might make us feel good. But are they actually leading us to Jesus? We need to know his voice, but there's a trickster at work as well to trick us. We need to be discerning to know his voice. Maybe we know Jesus' voice, but maybe following Jesus' voice is like another, another story. We need to be able to be sheep, to discern that voice, to follow his voice. Will we follow it? Doesn't always make sense following Jesus, doesn't much our understanding. Sometimes it often is to a harder place than we would prefer, but that's following Jesus. Yeah, that's trusting in him as our gate to lead us. Will we use his voice? Jesus is our gate. Jesus is our gate. May Jesus the gate help us discern the voices and may we follow him as his sheep. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, 
Your word says that your sheep know your voice, that you call us out one by one to follow you. Father, we want to be your sheep. And I don't mean that as an insult, Lord, to anyone listening, but we want to follow you. Father, may you as the gate enable us to discern what are the voices that are thieves and robbers and what are the voices that point us to you. God, would you please help us? Help me, help us, Lord, to be follower of you. And we thank you, Lord, that you lead us indeed to green pastures, not only in this life, but in the life to come. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.